This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. in prayer the the and he he mentioned it in his prayer but you know the the mayor of the city council here in the city of montgomery has made a proclamation that's gone out to uh, all the churches all the pastors in this region and asking everyone you know to pray and specifically to come against the spirit of murder and violence now we appreciate you know just as brother bruce prayed all of our law enforcement Officers, all the people that do that, they're doing that. But I want to just remind us, you know, why do, we, why do we pray the way we pray? Why do we take authority in the name of Jesus? And I want to remind you in Ephesians 6 what Paul says here. He says, he says uh, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. He said, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, the powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We must remember, church, that we are in a spiritual battle. Amen. It's in the supernatural. It's in the spirit realm, and it's supernatural. It's supernatural. That's where we have to take our stand. That's where we have to exercise our authority. That's the reason that we, we incorporate prayer, corporate prayer, along with worship in our service. Because here's the thing. It's not up to just one or two of us to carry the whole world. He wants the whole body of Christ. When we come together, it's better, it's bigger, it's stronger, it's more powerful. One can put a thousand, but two can put... That's the way it operates. So listen, never allow the enemy to tell you that, you know, that your faith is, is not a good enough, that your prayers don't amount to anything. That's his lies. He wants to get you and keep you on the sideline. But listen, God wants us up at the forefront. Amen. Taking our place and our authority. Can you say amen? amen. Well, if you're visiting this morning, we welcome you. I'm Norris Brazel. I'm the lead pastor here, and we welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're glad that you're here. Amen. And today, we're, I'm glad that you're here because we're, I'm going to be starting a, a series I'm, I'm really excited about. Uh, God began really speaking to me about this some time back. We're going to be talking about the Roaring Twenties. Now, I know nobody in here is old enough. If you are, we want to say, God bless you, because you'd be about 100 years old or older. But we know, I, I borrowed that term, as probably most of you know, from, you know, the previous century in the 1920s, you know, that's what it was referred to was the Roaring Twenties, because in similar fashion, they, like us, had just come out of World War I and a worldwide pandemic of the flu. And I mean, you know, it, things had been very difficult. But then, you know, when, when, when they got out of that, I mean, whoo, boy, did people let their flesh go. I mean, it was party time. Party time culturally, party time socially, party time on Wall Street. I mean, they just, all kind of restraints uh, were, were thrown off, you know, uh, in that era. And so I want to draw some parallels in this study about the Roaring Twenties, but the, the different roar this time, the Roaring Twenties that we're having right now, there's going to be two lines that are going to be roaring. And we're going to have to be able to discern, you know, which one we're hearing, which one we're listening to, and which one we're following. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, turn in your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter 5, we're going to start right there. Peter makes an observation here. How I many of you know that Satan, he is nothing more than a, a poor copier of what God has done? He doesn't know anything new. He can't come up with something new. 
everything. He, he perverts what God had done. That's what sin is, a perversion of, of righteousness. Sickness is a perversion of health. Amen. Poverty is a perversion of God's provision. Amen. Fear and anxiety is a perversion of God's peace. You can go on and on. The, you know, the Bible calls it the law of sin and death. That's all Satan knows. He cannot come up with anything new. The Bible says there's no temptation that has come into your life or against you. It's, it, it's common to man. It's the same thing. It's the same thing he was doing 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago. You know, however long back the fall goes, he's been doing the same thing to every generation. And so he is, uh, uh, is, there's no wonder that the Bible refers to him in this fashion. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Hello. That's a good word for us right now where we're at, church. Be alert and of a sober mind. Amen. He says, your enemy, you have an enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So there's going to be two roars. In the natural, Satan's going to be roaring. We're already hearing him roar. Amen? Listen, people say, well, where did this pandemic come from? Well, it didn't come from heaven. Heaven ain't got any sickness. You ever read in the Bible where Jesus laid hands on them and they became sick? I can read where he laid hands on the sick and they became well. Every time Jesus touched somebody, they got better. Whether in their bodies, in their spirits, in their minds, whatever it might be. Wherever he touched them, they got better, didn't they? Not worse, better. So you can try to figure out all the political stuff and all that intrigue. The bottom line is the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. Remember? So in the natural, the enemy is going to be roaring. He's going to be trying to do his best to stir up strife, division, fear, death in every form. He goes about as a roaring lion. Boy, we've been seeing a lot of that happen in this past year in a lot of different, different ways. Not only, uh, 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 you know, with the, with the pandemic, but in a lot of different ways. Politically, culturally, racially, you know, he's stirring up, stirring up, stirring up, always trying to stir the pot, stir the pot. And the sad thing is, you know, I'm not surprised that the world falls for that, but the sad thing is the church is falling for it. We're getting embroiled in it. People getting so caught up in the natural that, you know, they won't even fellowship with their brothers and sisters. Are you out there? So there's going to be the natural side of things that's going to be happening. And that's Satan's roar. He's going about as. He's trying. He wants so much to be like God. He said that in the beginning, didn't he? He said, I will ascend, you know, I will exalt my throne above God's. I will be like the Most High. I mean, you know, he wanted to be. Listen, he is going about as a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's going about as one. He's trying to make you think he is one. Amen. You know, all his roar is is a sound effect. Amen. But here's the thing. Let me say this. I will caution this. If you listen to him, amen, you can get yourself in trouble. Amen. <laughs> this, and then the second roar is what I call a supernatural roar. Look, look over in Revelations 5. This is the roar of the Lion of Judah. Mm. Let me just, as you're finding that, let me just encourage you about something, too. Listen, Passion Church, now, if you're visiting, just, you know, tune out for a second. This is for Passion Church. I'm, of course, if you're a believer, it could be good for you, too. But, you know, here's the thing. You know, I want to, and I'm sure you want to, when we come together, I want the presence of God. Don't you? Well, now, you know what? That doesn't happen just because we open a building and we all show up on Sunday. You know, God shows up when we come together and we are in the Spirit. You ever notice how many times you read in the book of Acts, you read in Revelations, you read different times, it says, you know, they were in the Spirit and then... 
God said something or the Holy Spirit moved or something happened that was supernatural. Amen? Listen, I still believe the church is supernatural. We're a supernatural church. But see, we have to be in the Spirit. If you're not in the Spirit, if you come in here and you know, you, you, ain't, played a, you ain't prayed a lick. You're fussing at your wife or your husband or your kids. You're coming here all the time. I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. You're going to get in here, and, and you know, and they're going to start endeavoring to lead you in worship, and, and you're just going to be a drag on everything. Remember the story over there where the two kings were going to war? And he said, and you know, the king of Judah, which was a righteous king, <laughs> And then the, the, the king of Israel, which was, he was not, he was out of fellowship with God. He wasn't living right. They were going to go to war together. And the, 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 the king of Judah said, isn't there a prophet? Can't we inquire of the Lord about before we go into battle? Boy, that's good, still good wisdom. He said, yeah, there's a prophet over here. And so when they went there, the prophet said, you know, if it wasn't for the king of Judah, he's, he's talking to the king of Israel. He said, I wouldn't even give you the time of day. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. And then he said, bring me a minstrel. And it says, when the minstrel began to play, what? The prophet was able to what? Get into the spirit. And when he got into the spirit, he could hear from God, and he got wisdom and direction for a plan to defeat the enemy. So here's the thing, church. We want God to move. We want God to be here when we worship, when we pray, when the Word is ministering. We want the Holy Spirit to show up in a greater measure. Then we need to get in the Spirit. Amen. Now, see, we, we endeavor, you know, used to, you know, we used to, when I first started, you know, in, in, uh, as a believer many years ago, church was a lot longer. Some of y'all getting nervous already. Where's he going with this? <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing. Now, I know sometimes, you know, there's, there's two sides of everything. Sometimes, you know, it didn't need to go longer. But on the other hand, you know, I think sometimes if we're, we're, we're in such a rush and we're so abbreviated, on the other hand, that we can't, we don't, we don't ever get to a place where we're really in the Spirit. But now here's what would help. Yeah, I'm, and I'm going to help out Miss Vicky and the worship team. You know, when you came, as soon as they hit that first note, if you were in the Spirit, we'd take off. But see, you're out there and you're all mad at this one or mad at that one, or you're thinking about when they're going to get through and what I'm going to eat. And, uh, it's lunchtime. <laughs> Listen, you, you're not in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not. The Holy Spirit can't move much in that atmosphere. You, you know, pray. Those of you who pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit on the way. Pray in the Spirit. Come in here, be ready. Say, so, man, I'm telling. We're gonna worship. We're gonna be in you. Look, look in the Book of Acts. Every time they were in unity. Every time they were in unity in prayer. They were in unity in worship. They were in the Spirit. I mean, God moved. The house was shaken. People were saved. People were healed. I mean, that's the kind of church I see. I'm not into club meetings. How about you? I want, I want God to touch our lives when we're here. I want to leave this place. I want you to leave this place. And you, you know, man, I'm telling you what, God did something. You can't wait till the next time. All right. You found Revelations 5 yet? Sometimes these side trips are as good, better than. But, you know, as your pastor, I just want to encourage you that let's, let's come and get in the Spirit. That's where, where God can speak, where, where God can move, where supernatural things, where, where your life can be changed or somebody you invited to church can be changed in a moment of time. You say, well, I'm doing great. I don't need anything. Well, you old selfish thing. You need to get up here and repent. It's not just about you. 
See, we live. See, this is part of that roaring 20s saying of the enemy. You know, we are all, it's all about me. I'm going to tell you what. Why don't you go to that church anymore? Well, I'll tell you what. I just didn't get nothing out of it anymore. Come on. You know, it's not always about you getting something out of it. It might be that, you know what? You need to pray. You need to be in the Spirit for a brother or sister. All right. I got to get off of this if I can. <laughs> Revelations 5. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See? See? Everybody say, see? See? The line of the tribe of Judah. Do you see <laughs> the line of the tribe of Judah or do you see the enemy roaring as a lion? You can tell by what? Your, your, your thoughts, your attitudes, your words will display which line you're hearing roar. Do you see the line of the tribe of Judah that has prevailed? You know, now, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm going to. <laughs> now, don't take offense, okay? <laughs> but here's the thing. You know, the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world, doesn't he? Now, that doesn't mean he's the God of the rocks and the trees. and the, That word world, translated world there, is from the Greek word cosmos. It means the world system. Amen. He is involved in every nation's political, economic, and cultural systems. Yes, even here in America. <laughs> and he has his outlets that declare, and most of them don't even know they're doing it, that declare his roar. It's called a 24-7 news cycle. I guess, see, don't get offended. I look at the news. Don't get offended. Don't get offended. You know, I'm not, and I'm not singling out anyone, all of them. Amen. Unless they, you know, unless they're, they're maybe CBN, who they got a spirit-filled people there who can discern things. But, you know, for the most part, do you know what they're disseminating? They're disseminating the story, <clears throat> the storyline of the God of this world. Things are bad. Blacks hate the whites. The whites hate the blacks. They're out to get you. They're out to kill you. We don't like that. We don't like this. This is coming. That's coming. We get over this. The next thing's coming. Come on. Uh, I mean, the economy is going south. This is going south. Everything, everything's, isn't that right? You ever... You ever notice there's, why isn't there a good news network? Man, today, 10,000 people got saved in India. Wow. But I'm trying, I want to, I want you to understand this. We're talking about the roaring 20s. There's going to be two roars going on. Now listen, which one are you listening to? Because if you're listening to, to only to the to roar of the enemy, if you're listening to his prophets and his, his evangelists proclaiming his message, and you spend about two minutes listening to the line of Judah, listen, you're not going to have much victory. I'm glad you're saved and going to heaven, but you won't have much victory here. And you're going to get swept up in all the propaganda of the enemy? You know, it's amazing. You know it had to be something spiritual and supernatural. When we, we think back, you know, uh, uh, to the Third Reich with Hitler. And you think, I mean, when you look back at it, you think, how could a whole nation, how could they, how could they be so deceived to swallow all that stuff? I mean, we look at it and we think, good gracious, it's so obvious. But you know, at the time it wasn't. There was a spirit that was moving through that man and through that message and through that propaganda. And, it, you know, it deceived people. It intimidated people. And, you know, that same spirit's at work. Amen. He's at work. He wants to do the same thing in every nation, working through whichever system. 
So we need to be sure that we're listening to the roar of the line of the tribe of Judah. All right. So what's it going to look like in the natural? Look in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy 3. You know, when you're in the Spirit, you can be in the know. You can discern. The Bible talks about one of the, one of the, the, the benefits of, of, of walking in fellowship with God and with the Holy Spirit is that, that the Holy Spirit will give you discernment so that you will know what spirit is moving and what spirit is speaking regardless of the mouthpiece. Amen? And we really need to be discerning of that. More than ever. Second Timothy 3. Mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. Hallelujah. People will be lovers of themselves. That's surely not our generation, is it? Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. Unholy. Without love. Unforgiving. Slanderous. Without self-control, brutal. Boy, I'm telling you what, this could have been written today, couldn't it? Not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with such people. Now this, he said, is this is what it's going to look like. You know, in these roaring 20s that's coming up, the people that are listening to the roar of Satan who are in step, lockstep with the God of this world, this is what we're seeing and this is what we're going to continue to see. And he said, mark it. He said, this is going to be terrible times. Hey, don't shoot the, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just reporting what's in there. It's in your book. And he said, this is, this is what we can expect in, in our world system. I know I pray for our government. I know you do too. And we do want to pray for our government. But I want to tell you what. You know, we pray for our government. That doesn't mean that everybody that, sits, that feels a Senate seat is going to be, uh, you know, a lover of God. It doesn't mean that everybody that's appointed to a court bench is going to be a lover of God. Amen. Listen, when Paul wrote this, I'm telling you what, he lived under one of the most oppressive, uh, you know, regimes there could be. I mean, they were feeding Christians to lions. They were lighting them up for torches. They were crucifying them, feeding them to the lions. We get uncomfortable on the least little thing. I'm, you know, I'm warning you. They're going to throw off all restraints. That's basically during the, these roaring 20s. You know what? You're going to see in the natural people throwing off all restraint. I mean, I don't even want to get into it. I, I read stuff and I'm, I'm like, Lord have mercy. I mean, you know, I was born a male, but, you know, my gender is female. I'm, I get, it's just, it's just. It just boggles the mind how people can swallow all this stuff. You know, and it's you know, and here's the thing, it's like the scripture says, professing themselves to be wise. I mean they, they I mean you talk to somebody, they think, oh, they think you're so enlightened. <laughs> That's like me watching, you know, a sleight of hand, you know, and I see through what they're doing and they think it's some great magic. See, this is what we're talking about. They get into all of this stuff, and it, you know, and they'll make it sound so logical and so plausible and so everything, you know. And the next thing you know, you know, the the church is swallowing it. Well, you know, psychologically speaking, I mean, you know, they they run a lot of tests. <laughs> the Bible says that we need to be aware of what's going on in the last days. In the last days, people call good evil and evil good. Amen? Listen, get ready, church. Persecution's going to come. I know this will fill the house up. But be of good cheer, Jesus said. Isn't that right? Because I've overcome. 
I've overcome. The lion of the tribe of Judah, he's overcome. That doesn't mean that you'll never be touched by anything. You know most of the people that wrote this book died for God? They died for their faith? We can't even be inconvenienced for hours. But boy, we gonna, can't wait to get to heaven to claim our, th- you know, claim our throne with Jesus. We're going to rule and reign with Jesus. We're going to have our mansion. You might have a lean-to. I don't know. I'm just that's not, that's not thus saith the Lord. That's just me, my opinion. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. You know, uh, you know. Uh, you know, yeah, I could take a poll this morning. How many want to be a billionaire? Everybody in here would probably raise their hand. But I, then I asked, how many want to do what it takes to be one? Everybody wants to be an overcomer when you're taking a poll. But when you get in the foxhole, all right. A false optimism about the future. You know, that would turn into 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You know, that's what, you know, when you look back at the roaring 20s, you know, the 1900s in the roaring 20s, that's what you see there. There was all this optimism, but it wasn't based on anything that had any truth to it, any foundation to it. It was just, oh, we're so glad we finally got out of that mess. And now, boy, I'm telling you, it's time to party. Don't tell me that ain't true. Man, they show pictures when things start to open up. You know what? The first place it fills up? All the bars. You know? They're trying to get some old crow. Hallelujah. But I got the new dove. I got some new wine. Hallelujah. And I'm drinking, and it's fine. And I'm going to keep on drinking. It wouldn't hurt once in a while if we had a meeting in here where we drunk enough to get drunk. Oh, pastor's talking about drinking and getting drunk at church. I sure am. Drinking that new wine. Getting full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Woo. See, that's the problem. We don't, we're not full enough of God to have any joy. So instead of, you know, you know the chorus we used to sing, He has made me glad. Remember that one? We come in now and we say, He has made me sad. He has made me sad. I can't rejoice for he has made me sad, sad, sad. You got the victory? Yeah. <laughs> I got the victory. <laughs> That's it. We ought to be the happiest people on earth. I mean, you're saved. Your sins are forgiven. God's living on the inside of you. Almighty God is your Father. Jesus is your big brother. I, all of heaven's resources are yours. What you got to be sad about? Yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, but everybody around you does. <laughs> False optimism. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just got the spirit of meddling on me. Don't have first, first Thessalonians five. He said, <clears throat> well, we'll back up the one. Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and dates we do not read to write you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety. Oh, wow. Man, I'm telling you, we're finally coming out of this thing. Man, it's great. Everything's opening up. Hallelujah. They say, peace and safety. Destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. Remember, he, he started off there, Peter did, he said, be sober and alert. See, you can rejoice in the Lord. You can be full of joy and rejoicing and happy and sober at the same time. That's a wonderful thing. You can be drunk in the Spirit and sober at the same time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Filled with the Spirit. Singing. You know, one of the things, you know, we can tell real quick, if, you, if, you got, if you're full of the Spirit, you come in here at worship time, and you're over there with your mouth closed. You full of Spirit? Mm-hmm. What'd you say? <laughs> you got to get your mouth open. 
Something's got to come out. Praises have got to rise up. Worship's got to come up. Isn't that right? Faith has got to come up. Just can't seem to get over this. <laughs> but false optimism. We're talking about in the natural, the natural roar. This is what you're going to be hearing. And listen, uh, you know, this one's going to rise and that one's going to rise and say, we've got the answer. Oh, we know. Oh, we know exactly what we need to do in this country. Oh, really? Well, I'm telling you, in two, almost 250 years of our nation, you'll be the first one that's got the answer. Amen. Listen, don't, don't, don't believe everything that you hear in the natural. Peace is safe. Oh, well, it's going to be great. I mean, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. And, you know, I'm all for, you know, again, you know, we're all for pray for your leaders. We want, we want, I want to see the nation prosper. But if you think this nation is going to be a perfect reflection of heaven on earth, you're misguided. It's going to be great joy and rejoicing in the natural. Everybody's going to be so happy. You, you mark what I'm saying. See, because I'm talking about the roaring 20s. I'm talking about this whole decade. This is what you're going to see this whole decade. Oh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a new era. Man, it's going to be, things are going to be better than they've ever been. Oh, man, I'm telling you, employment, you know, is down to the lowest it's ever been. Everybody's prospering. Everything's going great. Man, I'm telling you. The housing market's going great. Come on. It was going great back in 2009, too, wasn't it? Anybody remember that? I do. Oh, it's going great. Yeah, till the bottom fell out. Why? Because it was all built, what? It was not built on anything of substance. It was all smoke and mirrors. That's all the devil's got is smoke and mirrors. God's got truth. God's got reality. Amen. And speaking of that, what's it going to look like in the Spirit? The roaring of the Lion of Judah. What's it going to look like? Because the devil's going to be doing his thing, but I'm telling you what, God's going to be doing his thing. And you know what? You can be absolutely saved going to heaven and absolutely be oblivious to what God's doing. In the Old Testament, when David finally got established as king. He went, he went to Moses' tabernacle. And you know Moses' tabernacle. You know God gave him in, when Israel was in the wilderness. It was, a, it was a way for them to approach God. It was, a, it was a, a way for their sins to be covered each year and so forth. And, of course, it pointed to Christ and all that. But, you know, they had the outer court. Then the holy of holy, uh, or the holy place, and then the holy of holies, and that's where the presence of God was, you know, the Shekinah glory and so forth. Well, you know, in David's day, they had the tabernacle set up at Shiloh, and they were, you know, they were doing everything just like they had received from Moses. They'd been doing it for generations, you know. On the Day of Atonement, they were offering the sacrifice, they were taking it in, they were sprinkling the blood on the mercy seat. <clears throat> but here comes this young upstart David. I mean, David, he just broke the mold, didn't he? I mean, <laughs> you know, he, he was telling his, he was rebuking his big brothers. Listen, you didn't do that in that day. You didn't talk, you didn't, I mean, you know, they had a pecking order. And if you got out of that pecking order, man, I mean, they'd put you in your place in a hurry. I mean, he was the youngest one. Remember when he went to the battle there against the giant? He said, you bunch of chickens. I'm paraphrasing again, but that's what he told them. He said, you're just a bunch of cowards. He said, have you forgotten that this Philistine is uncircumcised? Have you forgotten that you have a covenant with Almighty God? Why, I'll go out there and take him on. It's just a little old run of a shepherd boy. He was just always breaking the mold, wasn't he? Well, this, this young upstart, he goes to Shiloh after he's king. And he goes into and has the Ark of the Covenant taken out of the holy place there, the Holy of Holies. And he brings it and sets it up in his backyard. Mount Zion. Come on. That's where he and he had a tent, David's Tabernacle. You ever heard of that? All it was was a small little tent. Now, wait a minute. You, you do that, you're supposed to die. 
Anybody else went in there that wasn't supposed to go in there under the right situation, you're going to drop dead. You read back in the Old Testament, they had a few that did that. But yet David went in, what he discerns something is changing. Something is different. There's something going on here. He was led by the Spirit of God. He changed up the order of worship. All of a sudden, now the, the presence and the glory of God wasn't to be shut up for just a few. It was out there where everybody could see it. You read the Psalms over there, and it talks about God, he, when he's praying, he said, God, show forth your glory out of Mount Zion. Well, the Bible says we as believers... We have not come to Mount Sinai, but we've come to a holy mountain, Mount Zion, there in Hebrews, amen? Because now in the church, what? The glory of God is to be seen. It's not to be hidden away. It's not to be covered over with all kind of rituals and all kind of customs and all kind of stuff. We are to make manifest the presence and the glory of God to those outside, So what's it going to look like? A great outpouring of the Spirit. Look in James chapter 5. I've got to hurry along here. James 5. <clears throat> it's going to be a great outpouring of the Spirit. In James chapter 5, we're just going to read one verse here. He says, be patient then, brothers and sisters. Got any brothers and sisters in here? I know we do. Until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop? There's a harvest coming. You say, oh, we've heard that so many times. I know, and if you're not careful, you'll tune it out. But he says, be patient. He says, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop? patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. King James translates that, the former and the latter rain. One rain came in Israel to prepare the ground. It softened the ground, it moistened the ground, they plowed the ground, they planted their seed at that time. Then the last latter rain, it came to fully ripen and bring the harvest to its full ripened state, ready to be reaped. This is the rain we're waiting for. The first rain, Acts chapter 2. Remember Peter said, people said, you guys are all drunk. Boy, I tell you what, I'd sure like to have a service like that one time. So what in the world are they doing over there in Passion Church? I've seen them all staggered out to the cars. That, that's what he said. He said, you guys are all drunk. The way you're acting, the way you're worshiping, the way you're talking. Remember that in Acts 2? Come on. Man, these were the apostles. This was the, the mother of Jesus was in that bunch that they all thought was drunk. And he said, no. He said, we're not drunk. He said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Well, that was the beginning of the last days. I believe we're living in the last of the last days, and the final reign of the Spirit of God will be poured out. And he said, we need to be patient. We need to be aware, waiting for that. You to be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. I want to tell you something. The Lord's coming is near. I said, the Lord's coming is near. It's near. I mean, if you think about it, he's only been gone for a weekend. A day is as a thousand years, so he's been gone 2,000 years. That's a weekend, right? We're getting all up tired. Is the Lord ever going to come? Sound like my kids when they were little and we're going on a vacation. Are we there yet? <laughs> Are we there yet? He's only been gone two days. You know, some of you got loved ones up there. They've only been up there a few minutes. See, God time, eternal time, come on. Get in here with me. Get in the spirit. Now, if you're in the natural, be like, what in the world is he talking about? A great outpouring of the spirit. Look, look over, the prophet Zechariah prophesied this, and we're going to begin to 
incorporate this in our prayer time a lot, and I would encourage you to do so in your in your personal prayer time. Zechariah 10, verse 1. Ask the Lord. What did Jesus say? You have not because you... Or Peter said that. Ask the Lord for rain in the springtime, time of the latter rain. It is the Lord who sends the thunderstorms, the bright clouds. He gives showers of rain to all people and grass to everyone in their field. In other words, he says, you know, this is a time where we need to incorporate in our prayers, along with the, uh, what, what he's already instructed us to pray for, we need to be asking for rain. Because what? It's the time of the latter rain. It's the time of the latter rain, Passion Church. It's the time for God to pour out his spirit, not just on the church, that's where it's going to begin, but on all people. On all people. I wonder how many unsaved people here in the River Region. A lot. Probably more than we could get in here, huh? <laughs> you know, sometimes we say, oh, God, just fill up our church. What you, You're thinking way too small. God, fill up every church that's preaching Jesus. Fill up every church. I put every church in the building program. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, you know. All the news networks. Listen, I, it's an amazing thing happening in the river region in Montgomery. Every church there is full. Every church there is in a building program. It's, I, I mean, people are getting saved riding on the cars. People are getting healed when they ride by the church. Something comes on them and they're healed. Something says, turn in here. You need what they have. Oh, I don't believe that stuff happens. Well, then you don't believe your Bible. You remember Paul, uh, formerly known as Saul, was on his way, put Christians in, in, you know, in prison. He's on the way to Damascus. Something happened, didn't it? Something, something kind of supernatural happened there, didn't it? Bright light appeared. He fell off of his horse. Some folks need to get off their high horse, don't they? I tell you, God knows how to do it. He got Paul off his high horse, didn't he? And so oh, then Paul gets up, he can't see, and they lead him to a place. And then immediately following that, he's, you know, Paul's there, he's, Saul's praying, and God speaks to a disciple named Ananias. Remember that? And he said, Ananias, get on your GPS, God positioning satellite. <laughs> he said, there is a man named Saul. He's at such and such an address. He's doing such and such a thing right now. And he's waiting for you to come and to pray for him. That he might regain his sight and be filled with the Spirit. That's kind of supernatural, isn't it? I'm all for it myself. I said, I'm all for it myself. What's going to convince the world? We're going to out Disneyland, Disneyland. I mean, we're going to build a church that's bigger than the Pentagon. Boy, we're going to impress them. <laughs> wow. But that's not what it was. The church that ch turned the world upside down, the, the church that changed everything, they didn't even have a church building. They had something better. They had the spirit of the living God, the line of the tribe of Judah. A great harvest in the nations is coming. And signs and wonders and miracles restored back to the church. We're talking about what's it going to look like in the roaring 20s when the Lion of Judah roars. When he begins to roar, he's going to get the attention through the church. He's going to begin to get the attention of the world. Supernatural things begin to happen. Listen, you let Jesus show up here by the Holy Spirit, supernatural things begin to happen. I'm going to tell you what, honey, you get in here at 1035, you're going to be standing. That's a fact. Look at it in Scripture. Look at it in church history. We were, we were down in all, when we were in Argentina, we saw it happening. I mean, it was just, yeah, I mean, you could, you could get up when you were there, you could go and read the baguettes. 
And I mean, before you get through the baguettes, people are just coming up talking about, I got healed. My eyes were open. I, you know, I, cancer went. I mean, all kind of things happened. People being saved by the thousands. I mean, it didn't matter whether it said Baptist, Pentecostal. It didn't matter what the name on the outside. I mean, it, God was moving. My tongue's It's some of the most amazing miracles I've ever seen. You know, and I remember, I remember hearing people talk about here in the healing, you know, in the 50, back in the 50s in the healing revival. It was that way. You know, I, I, I heard uh, one man was talking about, he said, one guy, you know, he said, he really, up to that point, he really, didn't even, really wasn't even sure if God wanted to heal or nothing. He said, but everybody was doing it. He said, so I just started doing it too. And he said, man, people were getting healed. In my, you know, well, you know, it wasn't his great faith. God wants to do something in these 20s, these roaring 20s. We want to hear the roar of the Lion of Judah. Listen, how are you going to hear that? Well, if you don't slow down, you won't. I'm going to tell you, you know, in the busyness is where you hear the roar of Satan. The busier you get, the more you're in tune with him because that's what he likes to do. Get you busy, get you distracted, get you over here, get you thinking about this, get you thinking about that, get you occupied with this, get you occupied with that. But see, you have to slow down to hear the roar of the Lion of Judah. You have to take some time. One of my action points is this, is that we begin now, begin now to seek God in prayer. Ask for out, fresh outpouring of the Spirit, not only upon yourself, but, you know, not only upon this church, but, you know, upon the nations. He said it's time to ask, Zechariah 10, ask the Lord, ask the Lord, ask the Lord. You know, I don't want to ju- just have just enough so that I get in, you know, you know, and what was that? Oh, that was the gate. You just made it. Who'd you bring with you? Well, you know. Come on. I, you know, I want to see God move in the nations. I want to see that great harvest come in. You know? To see the unity of the body of Christ. To see the glory of God moving again. Signs and wonders. People will know that there is a God that is real, that is resurrected, that has power, that can save and deliver. That's what we want to see. That's the roar of of the roaring 20s I'm talking about that we need to get in tune with. So prepare your heart and be ready to flow with the Holy Spirit. Don't be a dead weight that the rest of us have got to try to drag up to the throne. God, here's my brother. Could you raise him up? I think he's just about dead. He can't worship. God, can you do something for my sister? She's just about dead. She can't pray. Awful quiet in here. (laughs) Amen. I believe this with all my heart, church. It's time for the roaring 20s. This whole decade. But, you know, it's, it's got to have a starting point. And I believe the starting point, you know, is right now. As we come out of this, all this stuff, you know, we come out of it. You know, some people haven't come out of it yet. <laughs> you know, pray for your brothers and sisters. We've got to get them all out of the ark. Some of them are still in the ark. <laughs> you know. Boy, don't you know that ark smelt good after about a year. <laughs> but you know, it's a funny thing, isn't it? You know, they, they talk, talk about, you know, that you can get, what, what's the term, uh, odor death or whatever you can, when you, you don't, all of a sudden you don't smell a smell anymore because you ran it so much. Whatever, the, I forget what the term is. But, you know, you know, but somebody else can come in your house and the first thing they go, <laughs> you know, I imagine when they came out of that ark, they probably were aromatic. I'm talking about Noah, <laughs> those eight people. I mean, you can't be shut up with that many animals. 
doing their business for a year and not smell. I know, uh, of course, most of you know my wife Cindy, she's from upstate New York. We'll be be traveling up there and, and of course a lot of dairy farms and stuff up there and i'm telling you what when you get within so many miles of, the, of a dairy farm you know it before you see it amen <laughs> those cows they give off a distinct odor and you know so when they came out of that you know we're coming out of that and some people they they still got the smell of the ark on them you know they're waiting to see if it's going to happen again. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. You got the smell of the ark still on you. I'm afraid. I mean, wouldn't it have been something if no one them looked out from that ark and they're all resting on dry ground and everywhere they look is dry ground and said, we ain't coming out of the ark yet. Not yet. I see a mud puddle over there. We're going to wait. You know, there's a time for prudence, but then there's a time to move forward. And I really believe in this Roaring Twenties, this is a time for us to engage and move forward. To move forward. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Father, right now I pray for all that are listening online, but also here present at Passion Church, Lord. And for every believer in the river region. Father, I pray that we will throw off every spirit of fear, that we will stir ourselves up, just as you admonished Timothy, to stir ourselves up because you've not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And Father, I pray that our hearts will be discerning about this message and about the time and the season that we're entering in that Father we will be like the sons of Issachar who, who understood the times and knew what Israel should do that we will be people who discern and understand what you are about to do and Father we will get right in there with you we will not be intimidated we'll not be afraid but we'll move with the spirit of the living God we will see the greatness of our God revealed, the power of our God revealed, and a mighty harvest brought in before the coming of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray it. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I believe it with all my heart. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.